And we're live. Ryan Watson, welcome to the Pinley Group Studio. Thank you. Ryan is the Paid User Acquisition Manager for Onyx Maps here in Missoula. Um, for those that don't know, Ryan, can you give us a quick elevator pitch of Onyx Maps? Yeah, sure. Um, I'd like to start these uh, elevator pitches with kind of the background story of you know, where the where the founder kind of came up with the idea because it's a really uh, interesting story of product market fit. Yeah. Um, really, really successful um, find for just like a really really needed uh, product. So started out where the founder Eric Siegfried was guiding and hunting all over Montana. Um, you know, he had run into this problem where when you're hunting, you need to be on legal ground, right? You can't be hunting on someone's land without permission. Right. And you can only hunt on specific uh, types of public land and you need to know the regulations for those public lands. Sometimes you'll come up, you know, in the, uh, in the flat plains, especially in eastern Montana and flatter areas where there will be a fence, but you can still cross the fence and still be hunting because you're still on public land because of leasing and cattle, uh, you know, cattle grazing. Um, so you, mm -hmm. it's really hard to tell where you can legally be um, and uh, where you can, how you can get to places to hunt um, to navigate public and private land. So he took yeah. some cadastral data from the um, uh, Montana State has a um, a cadastral data set of uh, parcels, and then he combined it with um, you know public uh, public land sets um, and made a map, and nice. put it onto a little SD card and put it into his GPS unit and created the first uh, Onyx chip. And then this was version one point zero. Yes, some and might say it was version point oh one. Yeah, probably point oh one. Point oh one. So he took that idea and decided, well, I'll try to sell it, and it started selling like crazy. And and um, yeah. long story short, the chip. Um, the chip revenue funded the development of a mobile app. It's a natural, um, natural transition for the, the product um, of you know, digital maps with land ownership information yeah. to go to the cell phone because your cell phone has a GPS unit um, in it and can operate without cell service. And that technology was up and coming. So he got ahead of that mm -hmm. and developed a mobile, a mobile product, which is now um, the larger part of the company's revenue Interesting. and uh, has carried us forward to pretty pretty awesome heights um, definitely and so how many is the team at now uh the company it's well over 100 100 um, people wow yeah so in missoula and, bozeman are you in a third location or those are the two main ones we have quite a few remote workers yeah so um you know i think we have some folks we have some folks in texas in um all the way on the east coast and the west coast mm -hmm. um, but the main the main uh main offices are in missoula and bozeman cool and that version 0.01 what's the time frame between 0.01 and where we are today. When when was he? So he started that in 2009. 2009. Yeah. So we're actually this is the 10 year anniversary this year. Oh wow! Of, no way. of the of the Onyx uh, system. Exciting stuff. Started out as I think it was called Montana Mapping Company. You know, I went through a few few changes. Few few iterations. A couple of rebrands. Onyx Hunt. I remember a lot of people knew it as originally. Yes. Still then... still Onyx Hunt is the product that okay. we sell to the hunting uh, demographic. Yeah. The company now is named Onyx. And you've been there how long? Um, since 2016. So what does that put me at? About three and a half years. Three and a half years going on year four. Mm-hmm. Awesome, and you've seen pretty tremendous growth just in that time frame. Yes, it's it was uh, it's a rocket ship for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, we we went through um, a really crazy growth, and watching the revenues from the chip and the app switch to where the subscription based revenue overtook the the chip revenue, and then mm -hmm. um, that carrying us forward to you know where we are today. Uh, it was incredible to see the effect of paid advertising, um, you know, on the product, and you know having. Um, starting that right when a few of these um, 
these offerings for mobile app installs. Yeah. Um, we're just starting, you it's know, like Google beta versions right. of features that right. you're getting first yeah. access to. We were one of the first. Well, I don't know if we were one of the first. We weren't in the beta, but as soon as Google came out with its app install campaigns, mm -hmm. we were we were on it. And, uh, you know, the guy who hired me, Andrew Burrington, he's also another legend here in Montana um, it's from from the business and marketing space. Now he's a yeah. product. But, you know, he he uh, really saw some really good success with those early early install mm -hmm. offerings. Nobody was doing them. So you're getting very cheap, um, qualified installs. Now it's not so much because, you know, the yeah. space has matured and there's advertising costs have increased, but it's crowded. It is crowded now, um, much more competitive. Um, but back in those early days, it was a, a perfect timing to have released yeah. that mobile app. So I'm really excited to have Jan because, you know, the podcast's name is Cutting Through the Noise. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when I think about marketers uh, who I've come across and who I've worked with that really cut right to the point and do things like don't celebrate impressions, but measure the mm -hmm. end result. You know, that last column in the Excel sheet, which is <laughs> like return on ad spend right. or cost per conversion or total number of conversions. Um, you have always kept your eye on that. Mm -hmm. uh, can you just talk a little bit about, you know, when you do notice you're on the front end of this app install and you've got this at the time, probably a pretty substantial budget to spend on paid mm -hmm. uh, compared to maybe some of what some of our listeners are working with. Like, I got a hundred bucks, which size should I spend, right. which is fine. Right. But uh, if you're working with larger numbers, like how do you decide how to allocate those funds when you start seeing something that catches fire? Do you shift all of your money into that uh, channel? Because we talk a lot about traction channels too and mm -hmm. testing and the bullseye method. But sure. Talk, talk a little bit to our listeners about what your strategy is there. So I think, you know, we're, we're, we're blessed to have, you know, like you said, the funding um, that the company has through the auto recurring revenue allows us to have a little bit more flexibility than, than a lot of businesses. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we operate on uh, the performance basis that if we can find customers at a, at a CPA um, that is profitable for the company, we will keep spending money on it until we run out of money until you see some plateau or, or some plateau right yeah. and the, the you know and the, the theory is that you wouldn't run out of money because if you're acquiring customers profitably that you can continue to do that and it's economical from your company's unit economics and so for us when we approach a channel um like just for example we can use uh you know like instagram and facebook for example um, we will, uh, you know, create strategies figure out how we can get to that cpa that's acceptable and then we figure out how to scale or spend there um, drastically. Um, mm -hmm. Once we, you know, hit a, a sweet spot from our CPA, um, usually we'll push hard and bump up to the point of where it's, um, you know, could be unprofitable. Um, and then we have to, you know, reassess. Hey, what's going on? Um, is this having an organic lift? Can we spend unprofitably and be driving an, or, uh, you know, word of mouth? Mm -hmm. You know, so there, there's some much harder problems that happen once you get to this level where. You know, you might not be seeing the direct return on on ad spend, but what ha what is happening to um, the whole ecosystem, uh, especially when you have a bigger brand? There's brand brand name, so is your advertising while you're you know trying to take over all of the inventory possible and beat out your competitors and um, basically flood the market? Um, can you do that while still remaining economical? And is that actually um, is it happening, right. or are you just you, you have such good you know word of mouth advertising that that's clouding it and you're spending unprofitably and it's actually bad. Yeah, right. So that's, it's very hard to, to find what that sweet spot. And there's a lot of noise, um, especially when you have lots of different channels running. Mm -hmm. um, 
so that's kind of why we take it from a channel channel approach and make sure that you know if we're really focused on you know s certain search channels that those search channels are very um, well taken care of best practices and um, as we you know continually try to optimize it and make it better yeah um, and then from a tracking standpoint going in and setting up the conversion pixels. Mm -hmm. Is there somebody on the team that's doing that? And can you describe what your team looks like? Sure. In a company of 100, what does the marketing branch look like? So the thing about, you know, mobile mobile marketing is, and, and you know, web web marketing, because we do both. Yeah. Because um, you can buy and create an account through a browser on our website, and you can also buy through, um, through the app, right? Do you see a lot of people on the desktop? If you can't share, that's okay too. It's like <laughs> confidential, but... I can't, you know, it sounds can't, like mobile is really the heavy focus. Yeah, and there, there's a lot more mobile users of, mm -hmm. of the product. Um, you Which know. I guess makes sense. You're yep, everybody's got a phone in their pocket, you know, and yeah. so um, it's a little bit easier to have. And I think, you know, not every hunter has a desktop computer. Now, the, the, the people who use the desktop love it because it's a bigger screen. They mm -hmm. can see more of the map, you know. Um, but, uh, yes, the, the channel is heavy, more heavily weighted towards mobile, as you would expect with more mobile users. Mm -hmm. Um. And as far as what, you know, kind of how we, we deal with like the technical integrations that need to take place for um, a mobile product and a web product, there's, there's some challenges. Um, but I guess before that, the teams are um, very, very dependent on development at a, in a lot of cases where we have to go to um, the engineering department and say, hey, uh, or the, and the product management department to say, hey, we have some things that need to be done, and I know you guys have prioritized, you know, these feature buildouts right, or these things, but it's like, hey, we really need to measure this. Um, so we want to see this data. Um, can we can we integrate this uh, software development kit or SDK to measure these things? Uh -huh. um, or you know, even when we're wanting to measure something that we haven't been before, we have to go to them uh -huh. and have them work into the code of the mobile app. Got it. And then that code, once they work it in, it's not like a website where you can just, you know, publish it um, through, you know, Tag Manager um, pretty right. quickly. You have to wait until people adopt that. that oh, users. Right, right. because the users need have the Great. current version on their phone. Yep. Once their phone updates, then it will have our changes Which on them. Which we all know your phone asks you to update. And every, a lot of people uh, ignore it, right? So, uh, you know, the, when those apps are asking you to update, there's usually a good reason one, because everybody loves marketers. Of course. Maybe. This is a public service announcement, folks. <laughs> Update your apps. But, your apps. Uh, you, know, they, you know, those apps, are they're updating those to, to make sure they work better for you. But, uh, yeah, so that is that is a challenge and, and can, can provide uh, a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of things that you wouldn't, wouldn't think about when you're just doing web. Yeah. I think that's an aspect of marketing that a lot of people don't know they're going to be grappling with when right. they get into the profession is that mm -hmm. a lot of times you're you have to be a master communicator not only in your copywriting yes and not only in your ad copy but also with the team mm -hmm. like understanding that development could possibly care less about the time on site google goal that you're trying to set up right they've got they've got you know deadlines looming over them just the same as you um, but figuring out ways to sort of communicate, well, here's why it's going to be really valuable, not for just this marketing dashboard, mm -hmm. but for the company. And right. Um, that's really that's really cool. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a good insight. Um, so should we start with challenges or wins for Onyx? Mm. 
Challenges of wins. What do you want to start with? Challenges or wins? Let's start with let's start with challenges. Okay, let's talk about the big losses. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about some of the marketing challenges. Uh, sure. Maybe in the last. Oh, let's talk. I'm kind of curious. Heading into hunting season, mm-hmm. you know, maybe in the last six months, as you're gearing up for the big open season. Sure. Um, people are gearing up. Uh, what's been a campaign that you've launched in the last six months and thought? Here's the hypothesis. Wow, I was totally wrong. Sure. Or we as a team were totally wrong. Yeah, I mean, we uh, a lot of times, you know, we look at a hunting app, and I don't if if you don't know much about hunting, there's a clear um, there's clear clear seasonality. It's most of it happens in the fall. There are some some spring uh, seasons that um, kick off. There's turkey hunting and bear hunting in the spring, mm-hmm. um, and a few other uh, smaller smaller seasons there, but vast majority happens in the fall Um, and so seasonality is a big challenge um, from a cash flow perspective for a lot Mm -hmm. of hunting companies similarly to e-com for you know the the holiday sales if they're very dependent we have a very sick similar cyclical cycle yep Um, black friday is 25 percent of an e-commerce website right and how that and you know how do you how do you bank on everything um and can you spend you know can you spend money in a time of low intent right. to to get users, um, get and is interest. it worth it? Yeah. Right? Do with it. You know, you hit them and they install now. Uh, well, not now, but maybe say back in um, April, you know, April or something. Mm-hmm. Are they going to remember? Um, you know, even if you retarget them, like, what, is that worth it, or should you right. bank on everything that happened now? So a lot of uh, a lot of those challenges have been trying to figure out that aspect, and you know, testing. Um, you know, I had this huge hunch that. Uh, morel mushroom hunters would really really like our app Uh, because you know the app has has historic wildfire layers in it so you could layer on these Mm -hmm. things and for those that don't know morel mushrooms grow in the spring rampant in the spring Mm -hmm. in what conditions specifically after a fire usually year after a fire they're really strong in that sooty soil so you could use some data points that onyx has Mm -hmm. to go find mushrooms go kill it in the morel mushroom hunting business Mm -hmm. So, I mean, early on, um, you know, we kind of had that theory. So, you know, we we, we started with a, an intent a campaign with search. Yep. And, uh, man, we could just, we could not get those campaigns to, to hook. Um, you know, people, really? I think, and, you know, this is a challenge with a hunting product is, you know, the some some people are not, they don't love uh, hunting as, I mean, it, it's, it's definitely a different sport where there is yeah. life and death. And that aspect can turn a lot of people off and trying to market a hunting product into different markets has been challenging for us. Um, we call it the antler effect where, uh-huh. you know, if you have, um, if you have antlers on something that's a hunting thing, it may turn off audiences or they just might be less receptive to it. And so oh, we had, really interesting. we've tested yeah. a couple of different, uh, of marketing campaigns, you know, directly to, um, specific markets and they really just didn't work or the way we thought. Um, and we mm-hmm. think it's because of the branding. Um, I think is, you know, because of that antler effect. Yeah. But what we find is that through word of mouth, um, that is a much stronger way for people to share, you know, oh, you can use this for morel mushroom hunting. And when it's coming from a person, mm-hmm. that seems to spread that effect because we do see people say, oh, hey, you know, this app has, I love using this for morel mushroom hunting. Really? Mm-hmm. And there's enough morel mushroom hunters out there in the world. There's search volume. Yeah. There is. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. in the spring. You can get like it. a Google Trends. It's it's pretty significant. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Where where can you find? Is it 
northwest primarily or, or, or do people hunt morel mushrooms on the east coast it's on the east coast too really um it's a, a little different uh conditions there's not as many forest fires over there but it's right. so um it's so moist over oh, in the yeah. in the woods there so much more humid more they, they grow and you know people find them there's tricks to hunt them in the west and there's tricks to hunt them over yeah, in the east. i don't know how to hunt them over there no tips on hunting mushrooms in the east yeah unfortunately no i mean there's I'm sure you could Google and find it. You probably could. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, you know, those those types of, of things are challenging when you're trying to grow um, in the off season, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying to find those other markets um, or use cases for the, for the app. Yeah, that's a great that's a great story. It's not a hard loss, you know, mm-hmm. but it's still one that hey, we thought this might perform better. Mm-hmm. We tested it, it didn't, so you probably scaled back. Mm-hmm. Um, perfect. And let's talk about a win hypothesis where you said you know there might be something there might be a diamond in this rough let's explore it and boom uh something came out of it sure i think um you know we've we've done a we do a ton of uh of testing around you know what messaging works in in different campaigns what creative works in campaigns and you know, we, we run lots of, of advertising and our competitors copy us in this, which is hilarious <laughs> um, because, you know, they, they can see how much we do it. Um, right. But we tested our way into um, showing a, a version of our app without any of the data and then mm-hmm. a version with it all there. Data, what, what type of data? Mapping data. So, oh, map yeah, data. Okay, I apologize. Yeah. So when you look at the map, you look at a blank satellite imagery map, it just looks like you know, a, a satellite imagery yeah. shot from your Google, Google, uh, Earth, or whatever. Google Earth or whatever. Yeah. Then uh, next to it, just right next to it, we show all, all of the all of the data, um, like land ownership lines, people's people's uh, property name on the on the parcel itself, mm-hmm. colorful like BLM land, um, right next to you know Forest Service land. Yeah, and uh, we found that 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 concept is very strong. When a user looks at that, they can they completely un- they understand right away. Oh. That's what they're it putting does. stuff on a map. No, it's it seems so simple, but like just showing people the map with all of the data without that empty map. Uh-huh. You know, we and, that, and this is actually fairly like a couple of years ago we kind of figured out that this concept was strong and it's it's been one of our best performing concepts. Um, and so thinking about unique ways to create aha moments in advertising has been mm-hmm. something that we've really tried to focus on. Another big win um, besides you know showing the two maps uh, together is like, offline maps. Uh. So people don't understand even still yet that you can use your phone with maps without cell service. And you can see where you're at. You can see where you're at. It will show your location without a cell tower around you. It's connecting. It's it's pinging a satellite. Yeah, I think that is a new concept still mm-hmm. today for folks to understand. And you know, once once a user understands that, um, they see a lot more value in the product. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I can take this data offline and yeah. use it here. Well, hunting, you're not going to be. A lot of times, you're not. A lot of times, service. you're not in cell service, especially right. in Montana. So we've we've tried to think of many ways to quickly explain that but it's very difficult yeah that even is on tough. ads that say you can use this without cell service people are like how do you use it without cell service <laughs> it's just possible and now you have to mm-hmm. dive a step deeper mm-hmm. yeah that would be i think a good argument for you know okay we've shown you what it's what's capable mm-hmm. the next time you see one of our messages it's going to go a little a step deeper sure like here's how you do it here's how you and you talked a little bit about sequencing but i think mm-hmm. that's a concept 
at least in 2019, that's uh, some of the ad platforms. I know YouTube, for example, you can yep. sequence ads. Right. You show the first ad to somebody, they watch it. The second time they see it, it's not the same mm-hmm. ad, and they're, now they're just getting a second impression. But it's a new ad because they've seen the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, are you are you tinkering with that kind of stuff at all? And yes, how's I'm that a, performing? I'm a big fan of of the concept of sequencing. You know, uh, this year we're taking a, a a good good hard shot at it. Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways, uh, what I like about it is that it's an it's it's an ability to tell a narrative. Um, where you know you can take, um, you know what ad they can come in. Th- from or you know generally you know where they are or so we can speak to these people based on their region based on um, what we know about the user and then try to explain to them what features um, you know the app has instead of just having you know one one ad that hits them over and over and over again Mm -hmm. Um, so you know that that concept is very interesting, and there's there's tons of different ways to do sequenced advertising, um, not just time based, right? Where you see, okay, user A, um, or I guess cohort A of users is going to get these messages based on days, um, days in the product. Um, you know, we want to show this person this ad, and then three days later, we want to show them this ad, and three mm-hmm. days later, we want to show them this ad. You can do it based on a behavior, right? If they people taken have, these actions correct. in the app, yeah, so or cool. or they visited this web page, they haven't saved a map. Um, let's talk right. to them about saving maps. Oh, we see that they saved a map. Now, hey, they've graduated check to this out. maybe offline, maps right? And, yeah. So, I mean, this concept and the, all these platforms that are offering this um, this sequencing uh, feature, I think, understand now that with so much data mm-hmm. that that users can build their audiences in, they they know that this is going to be a big thing for marketers. Um, and I just think it makes sense. Like frequency is super annoying um, from advertisers if it's the same ad over and over again. I think like HubSpot was got kind of a lot of flack one year hmm. for hitting users too many times. It's like 20 impressions a day. Right. But they probably have really good data that says user, the highest conversion is a 20 20 impressions. It's the 20, this 20 second impression. Right. People create an account. Right. So like, they don't want to see the ad anymore. So they're willing to probably put up with that. You right. know that dis that I don't know people being a little bugged, but right. you know, and that's that's something that you have to risk, right? You don't want to. And you know, apps are funny because there's a review. There's a review mm-hmm. uh, when so people go and review your app that has a direct correlation with with app rankings. So the, if you yeah, don't star ratings or whatever. Correct. Yeah. So if you you know, cause a bunch of strife with their users and they start to say, oh, this app sucks, you know, it's not working or they're advertising to me too much and they won't leave me alone. You could affect your rankings in the app store by providing bad experiences oh, for wow. them. So we have to, you know, especially app marketers, we have to be careful um, because reviews are kind of your lifeblood. If you depend on, a lot, uh, you know, your search in the app store, which you optimize that as well, just like you do SEO, it's called mm-hmm. ASO. There are, there are ways to optimize that, you know, that channel, quote unquote. Um, and so you don't want to, you don't want to jeopardize that one because I think it's something like, I can't remember the stat. It was something like six out of ten installs come through the App Store organically. Oh wow. Um, you know, that's not the same for every app, and that's probably generalized across industries. But um, that's that's big. Understanding that that's, you know, quote unquote free. Right, they're finding you. Mm-hmm. They're searching for you, and right. that's huge. Um, another thing I want to kind of pivot toward is uh, the content team mm-hmm. at Onyx, and 
I remember maybe it was last year or two years ago, it seemed like there was a big focus on connecting with influencers. Mm -hmm. uh, And it seems like Onyx understands content marketing better than maybe any brand I've seen. Mm -hmm. They just really get it. Um, Can you outline what your team looks like and how those conversations happen to say, all right, we're going to, we're going to invest in, you know, these channels that are a little bit more difficult to measure. Like we're going to get, we're going to get on these YouTube influencer shows. Mm -hmm. We're going to write articles once a day for five months and put them out into the world. Sure. And so walk us through kind of the, the initial meeting, what you decide, and then how at the end of the day you decide that worked or did not work. So, you know, I think at the core, we, we don't like to do things that are completely, you know, brand awareness based. Um, but we do know that certain things where, you know, you can have an article of faith um, in them. And so we do as many things, as much as we can to try and measure the effect. So, I mean, a lot, I mean, if you, if you're, have been at all watching the Onyx uh, brand, you'll, you will know that we work with a lot of influencers yeah. and a lot of the influencers have promo codes if they're big enough. Mm-hmm. That's one way to measure the effect. And sure. that's been very effective for us to, you know, know, okay, well, you know, this influencer is really good at, you know, getting us uh, sales directly. This influencer may not be, but man, they create really great photo content. So let's pay them to continue to get those fo- that photo content, right? Because ah. hunting, you know, and pretty much everybody, it's, you know, I think we we, we are uh, we are first to market on on influencer marketing in in the hunting space, but we're not first to influencer marketing. There's, there's it's I feel like the hunting industry might be a little behind mm-hmm. um, influencer marketing, but uh, you see these influencer networks popping up where companies can then just go to and buy, um, you know. 20 posts from this influencer network and from these people who are runners, you know, there's these, there's things like that where you're measuring impressions, um, through at, you know, from their posts and things. So, right. you know, those, those types of things are valuable and we, um, we do allow a, a certain article of faith. And a lot of times we can look at things like Instagram growth of your follower account might not be directly correlated, but you know Mm -hmm. that there are more posts happening about you tagging your brand and uh, you start to monitor that mm -hmm. you feel the upswing, right? Oh, somebody just shared this over here Mm -hmm. and we noticed a a large uptick. and it's building and it's building our channels that are quote again, quote free um, to communicate with our users. Uh, It's not free on Facebook anymore. Of course, to boost posts to you have to reach your audience that way. Yeah. Um, But YouTube is fairly good as far as a you know an organic channel when you post a video quite a few people see it yeah um, the recommendations are right pretty accurate mm-hmm. you know not often on the right hand side am i thinking why are they ever t- you know why sure. am i seeing a pet food commercial here so i think like what what a lot of a lot of times we have you know stumbled into um <laughs> into awesome things with influencer marketing where you know a lot of times what your influencers um, if they're really good, if they are publishing YouTube videos, there's an aspect if they're answering questions um, on YouTube. I mean, I think the I think the highest, the most used term on YouTube is how to. Oh, so yeah. a lot of times, like if our influencers are teaching people and they're you know our brand is affiliated with them, or they're you know teaching people about maps and answering those questions, we're also it's also that's an SEO play. Right. Um, you know, and the so more Google is ranking video correct. in position zero and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, right. There's then, a snowball effect happening. Exactly. And so 
those those types of things are really important uh, for us. And a lot of the content that you know we we do um, has been like, hey, let's try this idea, let's test this idea, um, let's uh, work with this influencer to do this series of videos. And one, it's always around. Typically, it's always around providing value to the user, of course, um, with our product. Right, of course. <laughs> Which is uh, it is a good plug for us. Um, but it's it's trying to be authentic too in the industry. I think that's really important in lifestyle industries to be authentic and working with people and being careful of the influencers you work with to make sure that they represent your brand and your values. Because you you know the hunting industry is is uh, you can get in trouble. You know mm-hmm. somebody can mess up and. You know, there's there was something that happened. Uh, I, I won't mention any names, but you know, this group was uh, you know, you know, fishing and then got you know a, basically a ticket for doing something illegal. But they didn't get the ticket until it was on video that they had posted, mm. and then that you know then brands drop them. But then you're negatively associated. Then people get mad that you were associated with these people who did something bad in the field. Sure. Um, so it's it's it can be dangerous too working with influencers. So. A lot of the content discussions that we go through are first, like, who are we going to work with that best represents a brand? Who do we trust? Yep. Um, who has the most reach? Who has who's the best fit to sell our product for us? Um, provide the most value to their users from us. Yeah, that's a really that's a really great point um, because you can lose. I mean, you can have a, a lot of followers, right? And that could be off brand, even if they're in the hunting space, like, right? It could be very off brand. So that's a great tip. Um, let's jump into some final questions. Sure. This has been really awesome, uh, super helpful. For somebody who is just getting into their marketing career, uh, what advice would you have for them as they're mm-hmm. either in their last year of school, just graduated, or maybe they're changing careers and they're looking at digital marketing as totally. an option? Uh, what, what advice would you have and what, what does your team look for when you're saying, we need to hire you know, a, a, you know, an intro or a junior level uh, marketing associate? Mm-hmm. To work in our digital team, sure. What 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 are you looking for? I think the I best. I guess those are two questions, right? But, right. Um, the best thing you can do, I think, in college, or you know, even if you don't go to college, I mean, you could probably learn a lot if you're interested in marketing or or building your own brand or or having you know some sort of product is um, is build something. So like, build a website. It's not expensive to build your own website these days and try to build an audience. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you learn when you're trying to build readership, you're writing a blog or you're producing video content, you know, it will force you to learn SEO to try and rank for things or making great content that's viral. And then you're going to want to learn how to promote your own content for free which is very hard, right. but if you can learn, you know, those, those basic principles on how to get found without a lot of money, um, right. Cause it's easy. You can go buy a ton of YouTube advertising, Facebook advertising. If you have yeah, money, my and website cause got a thousand clicks yesterday. Right. Oh really? How much money did you spend? Right. Oh, exactly. How do, how do you do that without, and then how do you build like an email list that wants to continue to follow your content? Right. That'll teach you email marketing. And then you, there are very cheap, um, you know, scaling systems out there like MailChimp, you know, I think it's free to start until you get your first thousand subscribers. Yeah, they'll throw a MailChimp logo on your emails, sure. but who cares? Yeah, who cares? Okay, go for it. Make good content and then, you know, try to try to attract people. And then once you have those people in your in your email list or coming back to your blog every day and then your, your costs start to rise to maintain this. Sure. Now you're faced with another set of problems, which is, oh, crap. Now, how do I monetize this? 
So, I mean, mm -hmm. there are so many resources out there to do this. I mean, you could probably just do YouTube, YouTube, uh, how to YouTube how to's <laughs> and learn most of this. And there are blogs out there that you can read to do most of this. Um, and then, you know, once you're making a tiny, even if you're not making a ton of money, you could use money that you're making at your side job to promote things for 50 bucks a month, right? You can yeah. learn advertising. It's Facebook's uh, system is very easy to learn. Um, the boosting is very simple. They make it really, really simple because they yeah, want people's the money. Bar. They've lowered the bar to enter your credit card. Right. It's yeah. and, which is good um, in a way. Uh, it teaches you about targeting, um, thinking mm -hmm. about demographics and and who who you want to get in front of. And so, like with a very low budget um, for yourself or even free, you can learn a lot of these principles that are then taken and scaled that a lot that a lot of these companies are doing. Yeah. So that would be that would be my advice is try to build something, whether that's a and you've walked a walk. I mean right. you've built a couple sites. Yep. Um share a couple of those now. How how can people find find those? Oh yeah. Well I've uh I haven't been working have, on okay, the, them, them for much, okay, but I can okay. go back a little bit. I mean the the one that taught me the most was a, and it's not live anymore, was a uh a, it, it was called Growth Hacks Ninja. And it was a yeah, nin, yeah. dot ninja domain, which I thought was cool at the time. It's still cool. <laughs> it is still it cool. is pretty cool. cool. The logo was a little blue ninja. It was yeah, it was a good site. Um, and basically, I was copying the idea mensch model, which is um, uh, one of my mentors here in in Missoula. He you know interviews entrepreneurs, so I wanted to interview marketers, mm -hmm. and that was the site's content. And building that helped me learn how to make content. Um, how to make mistakes because you know right. it you know you you post something with you know spelling errors or people they jump on you right like so quality of content was a lesson Even you learned how to learn. build a website how to build a website cms correct and so i had one of those um, did that for a while got to interview some really cool people and then right now i have a pet project that's just w waiting for me to come back to and that's interviewing outdoor enthusiasts um, yeah need to get back on that's a good reminder it's way down to my like backlog of trello yeah get in there you're not busy or anything <laughs> not at all no um but yeah so yeah just build something it's that's it's would be my base my biggest advice to new marketers but for what we're looking for like when i look for in a marketer is um you know a lot of that hustle and 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 kind of an entrepreneurial spirit where they are actively trying to learn something on their own it's really nice to see somebody with a with a resume where they're trying to work somewhere in marketing. Um, and if they are, do they have a side project? Mm -hmm. um, I often ask people, hey, you know, are you trying, are you building anything else on the side? And you know, we've had some really good people come to Onyx that are like, oh yeah, check out my blog. It's about, it's about bird hunting. And it's yeah. this awesome thing. And I'm like, well, let's talk about that for a long time rather right. than some of their marketing knowledge because I want to see how the, how you're going about learning and building things. Yeah, if someone doesn't know what CPC stands for, cost per click, but they've built this blog and they've added meta tags and, sure. and, you know, and they're ranking organically, uh, that's someone who can learn that right. in two seconds and move on. Mm -hmm. like it's, I think that's a, that's a key point. That's, that's great. Um, books that you'd recommend for any marketers out there? Ooh, read Hooked. Favorite um, marketing book, Hooked. Hooked is my favorite one so far. Okay. Um, yeah, get that one down. Well, and Hooked is Hooked is more of a product book. Let me find Hooked. Oh yeah. Uh, book. Hooked. Let me find the. Uh, Are you still a, a Tim Ferriss fan? I love Tim Ferriss. I, I used to listen to him religiously um, yeah. in his podcast. Um, very much recommend. Uh, yeah, the uh, Four Hour Work Week. That's a great book. Um, I think you 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 lent me that book a long time ago. 
Or somebody did. I and lost the, that book. Wait a minute. No, uh, I mean, it maybe, might, yeah. it, the copy <laughs> I have <laughs> might be yours. If I'm thinking about this, it, it might be. actually be. I'll bring that back to you. No, look I, at it. You it's know, have yours. your name in the corner. You know, it's uh, the statute of limitations <laughs> is done. You own it. That's funny. Um, I like um, I like the Purple Cow, I believe, by Seth Godin. Okay. Um, that one's really good. That one's kind of about like do what you're good at, find what you're good at, and then get become a superstar at it. Do it better than anyone. The reason why I say hooked is. If you're at all interested in like, and this is this is like from a psychological standpoint, Hooked is all about creating almost an addiction to your product. Hmm. It's very interesting, and it you know it's a lot of the principles of um, how do you um, hit those dopamine centers of the brain. Um, you know, Facebook does this. Uh, a lot of these apps right. are doing this, and so it's a very interesting book around like psychology of of product design. But it, you can take that into marketing and try to. Uh, and it's you know very applicable across across things. Um, yeah, seems interesting. Seems like there could be another episode on the you know the psychology of mm-hmm. marketing. Is it good? Right. right. <laughs> Is this good for the world? Yeah. Um, what else? There's uh, what about just the lean business, startups one business books lifestyle yeah. books. I feel like you lean startup is a business book that lean I think everybody should read. Yeah. Um, kind of uh, you know I think history is really important. You know, I think, you know, picking up a book and reading about like World War II is something mm. that I think a lot of people should do more of and listen to podcasts about things that aren't, you know, happening today, happening today. Because um, and actually, you know, this is something that one of our engineers had, had told me that he was doing recently was he was listening to this old radio show that started in the 30s mm. and went all the way through World War II into the into the 50s. And how it he's was a recording of an interv- uh, of an old oh right that and that's the podcast and he was like man it was crazy to see like how people did advertising back then and then when the war yes. happened like all of the advertisements for like products that weren't rec- was it or weren't uh, like rationed it was like this one cereal and they always make jokes about this one cereal like well you can buy as much of this one as you want so <laughs> you know so it's it's this just I not think, rationed yeah, yeah I think like spread out spread out your I don't know, spread out the, the amount of content that you're getting that is like, because I feel like news today is really toxic and I don't know. It's loud. I, it's loud and, um, you know, it's it's good to look in the past and it's sometimes really cool to learn about things that, you know, have happened before that might be monumental to why we're here today and that make, creates thought and introspection. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good advice. Um, we'll try to link up some of these things in the show notes here, these books. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan, I think that's a wrap. Cool, great. Thanks, thanks for coming. Yeah, man, really it was, enjoyed it. It was this fun. Is, uh, a ton of good info here. We could probably talk for another couple hours, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll have to have you back uh, soon enough after hunting season has wound down. Sure. And after you visit Glacier this weekend, so have a good time. Yeah, appreciate it. All right, Glacier should be fun. Ryan and Kyle signing off. Thanks. See ya.